As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Built to Last show. Uh, We're going to have a really spectacular conversation because you've got two firecrackers, <laughs> me and my good friend, Mary Bicknell. Welcome, Mary. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I know. I was Yay. just telling Mary, we were chatting for almost a good solid 30 minutes before I press record, and we were just kind of going off on some things about this business world that she and I have both been in for quite some time now. I wish we had press record. So we'll see if any of that comes to the surface during our recorded conversation here. Yeah. Um, but Mary, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited for us to dive into like some real, like serious, legit business talk yes. um, and what it actually means to build a real business in this world that we live in. So how about you introduce yourself, tell us who you are and a little bit about the work you do in the world. Yeah. So hi, everybody. I'm Mary Bicknell. And here's the story I'm not going to tell you. Oh, my God. I was just like a poor child. I grew up as a latchkey kid at five. I moved out before I graduated. Well, that's true. You know what? I'm so bored with that. I'm so bored with it all having to be like horrible. I'd rather tell you where I'm going. And where I'm going is exactly what you said. Firecracker. Like, off to the next biggest, baddest ass thing and, and riding the rocket of my own genius zone. So what am I a genius at? Really what it is, is the way my brain works. I can take in reams of information that right now it happens to be business information, business consulting and, um, helping women fully step up and get off of the, you know, out of their um, blind spots of not being able to really go for it for themselves. But I wasn't always like, but this is how my brain has always worked. So I have a degree in interior design, which I think you didn't know about. Um, I was a psychotherapist. I've been a salesperson. Frankly, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 18. So I've been in a lot of businesses. I've built businesses and I've pivoted. But the skill that I have, the genius zone that I have is, is still the same thing, which is taking in lots of information, lots of data and being able to find the quickest path to the goal, making money, um, you know, like an interior design, like you go into a house, you've got this $500,000 budget and you've got to put everything together and make it look perfect. And it always does. And my house that I live in now is gorgeous. Um, I completely restored it. So it's the same with business, right? It's being able to take in all the information and figure out the components and who, and, and we were using this game analogy, right? It's like, um, who, what piece goes where, what position is what, what's the thought behind it? What's the strategy behind it? All of that. Yeah. So I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So to our listeners out there, we're probably going to kind of take this in three different areas. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about like the game of business, you know, like Mary, I know you were calling it like, it's the game you like to play. And yeah. I'm the same way. I think growing up as an athlete, I grew up like an athlete. My brother played professional baseball and I, I love to approach things like it is my sport, like it is my game, right. like an athlete. Um, 
So we'll do a little bit of that. Let's talk a little bit about pivoting. And I know a subject that you really love, and this is what you do with a lot of your really high level CEOs and clients that you work with, and it's leadership. And I think that's a topic that deserves a lot more airtime these days, (laughs) because I think we have a lot of people masquerading around and parading around in positions that are quote unquote leadership positions, but they actually don't know how to be a true leader of people, a leader of a movement, a leader of themselves. So we'll kind of do that. Let's start with, um, let's start with pivoting. I did not know that you were an interior designer. Uh, I did know that you had your own private practice as a psychotherapist. I did know that you then left that to come into your coaching business. I know at one time you were coaching therapists to grow their businesses. You've pivoted again. Let's dive into this conversation around pivoting as a business owner, because in our coaching world that you and I have been in a lot, that's a word that gets tossed around a lot. Like mm-hmm. you go read a social media post and everybody's talking about pivoting. And I don't actually think they know what that means. Right. So I want to hear you talk about pivoting. So I, you know, it's, it's kind of this concept, right? It's like, first of all, pivoting is, is the, the buzzword, like you said, of the day. And I think that like, we go through these stages where there's all these like newest, newest buzzwords it used to be passion go for your passion. And I'm personally like, I don't, I I think that's the worst advice that anybody's ever given is to go for your passion. I'm really about going for your mission. And my mission has been consistent. And the consistent mission is first of all, me, I have to be a badass leader of myself, which means standing up, being like full of integrity, like actually doing the thing before I'm out espousing for everyone else to freaking do it, which is ridiculous in the marketplace. And, and then being able to rally the troops, if you will, right. Rally the game players and, and have people follow you, but not out of the vanity that we're talking about today, where it's like all these followers because they have bought in and they want that same mission. And so the difference between, you know, like pivot for your passion, passion, pivot, and all this kind of thing, you know, our passions, I believe strongly, they, they, um, they tweak, they morph, they, they adjust, they're situational, they're seasonal, right? I am in a different season of my life with a 15 year old. And so my passions are way different. You know, I like, I like working less, hanging out with my husband, John every Friday, but my mission as a leader, as a woman who wants to lead other women into success for themselves that has been consistent, whether I've been an interior designer, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, I want them, my mission for them is to have the sanctity of their home mm-hmm. so that they can feel good. So all of the, the, the mission remains the same, but that pivoting, I don't know. I just, I never have felt like just because I've evolved my business or um, chosen, <laughs> and that's the thing too, chosen to take a different path expand, evolve. I don't look at that. I don't even use that word pivot. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Talk to me about this. Um, you know, I know Mary and I know each other really well. So, you know, we talk offline and we keep up with, with each other. We have over the years and, you know, business is not always, it doesn't always feel like an all-time high. Right. But one of the things that you just said about your mission has never changed. You've always had the same mission. Even when you are experiencing different seasons in your life or different seasons in your business, 
maybe right. like who you're serving changes or, or whatever, maybe you're spending less time out in the, in the front lines of your business and you're doing more systems behind the scenes in your business or whatever. But we know as entrepreneurs and as business builders that it can be like a roller coaster at times. It can be an emotional roller coaster at times. It can be a financial roller coaster at times. It just depends. It just depends. So as you have experienced really high highs and low lows in life and business over the last couple of decades of, of being a business leader and a business builder, how have you been able to maintain and sustain like your eyes on that same mission, despite your circumstances? Mm, such a great question. And it's something I think about a lot. It's, you know, my, my brand, right. Is, is about being bold. And that's an acronym for being a brave outgoing leader, deciding and to decide to lead a life uncommon. My podcast name is lead a life uncommon. And so my mission is not to be average Sally Joe. My mission personally is to, re, you know, push back on the mediocrity that is all around us all of the time. And so that's still that same mission, right? About evolving. I'm a believer. Like one of the things I like to say is like, I like to live on the edge of my own evolution. My husband who has his own um, business. He talks about it on the bleeding edge of like technology. Okay. So it's the same concept. Mm -hmm. So for me, the mission through the highs and the lows, through the crying, through the clients, through all the things, my personal mission is to see what the hell I'm capable of, see what the hell I'm made of. And that's the kind of client I like to work with. Like she too, is willing to be bold enough to decide to be her own leader first. Mm -hmm. She needs to be that, or she can't run a company or she can't run her home or all of the things she can't run the marathon, like all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it's about because my, here's the truth. Like, here's the, the honest to God truth. My biggest fear in life, like I, I could start shaking and freaking out that my biggest fear is screwing up and not going for it mm. and going like, that's my horrible fear. And we've all had these moments, I believe in life where we've done something and we've known at that moment, I shouldn't be fucking doing this. Yeah. I've had those moments and I refuse to ever have those moments again. I refuse to consciously screw myself. Mm. And, and so that's what it's about. So if my mission is to see what I'm made of, then I have to be vigilant to make sure that I am not, um, and it's not that I don't screw up, but there's a difference between consciously like screwing up, knowing like this is a huge mistake. Like that terrifies me. I don't want to be on my death. I like to go to bed at night feeling proud of what I've accomplished or proud of um, the work that I'm doing in the world. And not, I don't, I choose not to go to bed or I choose not to do things where I'm just like, being, I, I don't beat myself up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm motivated in a really similar way. I call it mortality motivation. Yeah. Right. Like I think Robin Sharma says that too, which I didn't see it from him first. I'm, I'm sure I didn't make that up though. Right. I'm a lot of people say that, uh, but it's the same concept. It's like, I don't want to get to the end because I feel like 
you know, I've never even had a near death experience, but I feel like what happens when people are at that place where it's like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to go. Um, and they're coherent and conscious and they know that it's the end. I think that in that moment, I imagine that we realize just how simple, um, maybe, I mean, I don't really love the word using the word easy that much in business, but like, it could have been so easy. Like you had it all, like everything you needed, you were already equipped with and you were just acting like it was out here somewhere. And I, I, I literally talked to myself about that every single day in the morning. Um, like don't wait until the end to realize that every single thing you need, you have access to right now. Yes. Because it's true. I really believe that. I think the thing is, is so there is this, uh, like we have this like knee jerk reaction, not to say things like flow and ease, but we talk about, you know, uh, plenty of sportsmen, right? Sports people. We talk about, we can get into that flow state, right? Yeah. Where we're just in it. But like getting in the zone, of, like being in, in the, the zone. zone, right? Genius zone, flow, like, but the, here's the truth. That takes a, a shit ton of work to ever get to that place. Oh, to, Okay. Okay, talk, so talk to us about this. <laughs> so I think what happens a lot of times is like, there's key, there's these words almost that, that we don't want to say because now they've been bastardized. Um, and in a way that just is like, uh, kind of just distasteful. A couple things. One is the whole flow and ease. So what you're saying, what I heard you say was that you don't want to get to the end of life where there's this moment when you recognize it could have been easier. That's completely different than like business is all flow and ease. That's a lie. That's a lie. Yeah. It's not that there aren't times, of course, in my business, I already talked about, I know my own genius zone. I choose to live in that as much as possible. And yes, when I'm in there, that feels much easier. And I can just be like rapid fire in a flow with the client, mm-hmm. but to build something that's sustainable and has some longevity, like that takes a lot more work. And I, I don't know what the hell happened where people are afraid of this whole concept of like hard work. True. I've redefined it hard work for me is focused, intentional, deliberate. Mm. It's not like, you know, millions of hours necessarily. So that's one piece. The other piece of the puzzle you said is like, you know, getting to the end of life, realizing like, oh, I had it all along. And that's part of it. My, I used to talk about having a regret proof life. And I, frankly, I, I changed that because it just felt so down compared to lead a life uncommon, but that's really what it is. Like, how do we not regret things? How do we regret proof things? Well, we do that by acknowledging if you're thinking about the possibility of something, probably you can attain that thing. And otherwise you wouldn't even have that as a concept. It wouldn't be something that you're thinking about a lot. And this is why we know this. It's because like our brain is so designed not to go toward anything that's dangerous. So when we have some big idea though, of course on one level it feels dangerous cause it's new, right? Or ex- expansive. If you though keep having that, like, I wonder if I could write that book. I wonder if I could have a Ted talk. I wonder if I could have a $50 million a year business. I wonder, like if you're even pondering this up frequently, like it's lean into that a little bit. And I don't really like the Cheryl lean in. I, I, it's like almost you hesitate to even say that, but like, like go for it a little bit. Yeah. Like see what's possible. Yeah. Like, that's what I want for clients. That's the, that's how I like to just really push them, kick them in the ass while I'm giving them a hug saying, go for it. 
Yeah. You know, I think part of this ease and flow discussion that we've been hearing over the years, it's, um, you know, the other thing that's coming to me is people are, you know, whether it's things like Amazon or Uber Eats or like press a button or dial a number or click a link and it literally gets delivered to you or like Domino's Pizza. I think they say like, if you don't get your pizza delivered in 30 minutes, you get your next pizza free. And I, yeah. I actually heard on the radio the other day, it was like, if you pick your pizza up in a store and you do not get your pizza within two minutes of texting us that you're on your way, you get your next pizza for free. So I think we've been like trained over the years that we get instant gratification, that we have all these short-term gains. And then we have this kind of unrealistic expectation that for instance, let's use the podcast. Like I know you have a podcast. How long have you yeah. had your podcast? Mm. How many years? No, I just launched it in August. Okay. So not that long. So this year or last year? This year. Okay. This year I just started ours just launched in October. All right. So this is, this is perfect. It would be like us thinking that we're going to be in the number one spot in our categories one month into our podcast. Right. That's crazy. And then being bent out of shape that we're not there. And we see this a lot in business. And I'm wondering if that's one of the reasons why also we don't go for things, right? Like I thought about this podcast for a year. I was thinking about it for a year before I decided to pull the trigger because there were certain things going through my mind. Like, well, what if people don't like the angle? What if I'm not a good interviewer? What if nobody listens to it? It's like a million different things you could say. But then once you start it and you do it, oh my God. like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do anything. And I think you and I are really similar in that I'm not going to do anything unless I think I could actually be the best at it. I'm not yeah. going to do anything unless I am gunning for number one. That right. doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight though. Right. I think, you know, in sports, I grew up playing sports. My brother was a professional baseball player. Yeah. You get into flow state when you're on the court, but damn, if that didn't take a lot of practice on the practice field, a lot of time doing mindset work, a lot of strokes, a lot of swings. Yep. That's what allows you to be in flow state. That's what allows you to be like the absolute best at your craft. Yeah, it's a lot of work. So to the point about the podcast, so I just launched the podcast and, you know, it actually hit number 30 in entrepreneurship. It's still with- I saw that. Congrats. It's, and, and so part of the reason why is I have two podcasts that come out per week. And I also, I have a large audience. And so when I am, when I pushed out one of the podcasts that week happened to, and here's the thing, like, you got to test some of this stuff that week. It happened to be like the, the title to one of the podcasts. Like everyone was like, Oh my God. And it just soared and it like beat out shark tanks, Barbara Corcoran, Marcus Lemonis, who I'm like, I, you know, the prophet, um, the click funnels guy, like all of this kind of thing. And it, it's still well within the top 100 of entrepreneurship. So that's really cool. And so that will probably stay, but I mean, I've been thinking about this for a long time. My husband's been telling me for years, but I also have a huge audience. Here's the thing. We it's, it's two things. As soon as I did it and I put the mechanics in place, I was also like, Oh my God, it's not. Why did I wait? Because I, you know, we, you and I both, we have so much experience. We know what to talk about. Right. Yep. And, we, and it's a great platform for us. Yeah. Um, but also I think 
it just happened that, yeah, I hit number 30 and I forget what it is right now, but hit number 30. But so the thing that is hard is there are moments where people have this explosive something, but I have eight years of being online. I have tens of thousands of people. So when you see these huge flat, you know, overnight success, I have 25 years of human development experience, business experience, entrepreneur experience. Like, like I have all this stuff. Right. And I think the problem is just like you said, is the flow state comes because of years of practice and making that decision that like, we're going to do it. It's like, it's a decision. Once I decided like I'm in it and I know that it, it could take me two or three years to get to some of those mile yeah. markers that I have in my own head, whether it's number one, that's not one of my mile markers, but, um, but I have these certain goals, yeah. just like writing a book. I'm like, okay, in my mind now, here it is. Like you just to write a book. I mean, you could write a book right today and put that shit right up on Kindle. Mm-hmm. Boom. And there's a little methodology to make it a number one, Amazon Kindle free bestseller. Like there's all these things that you could do. But I want the thing that has, like back to the mission, mm-hmm. I want that thing that has that sustainability, right? Just mm-hmm. like your pot, right? Built to, like, I want it to, I want it last. to mean something, right? Yeah. So I want it to last, built to last, like your podcast. Like I want it to, I want one day when my daughter, who's 15, River, I want her to see, like, I want it to be so good, these things that they're timeless. For example, and you know this as well as I do. It's just like, it cracks me up. People are like, so, you know, so you do business consulting? And I'm like, yeah, I don't need to know every business. I don't need, like, I have a, a, a client who has a trucking company, $15 million a year trucking company. I don't need to know all about trucking because a lot of business basics are business basics. Yep. So I can train her like recruiter, for her company, because I'm a sales expert. Like I can talk to them about marketing because I understand marketing and human behavior and human dynamic. Like, here's the thing, solid business principles are timeless. They are built to last. Mm -hmm. You've got all these like quickie flash in the pan, shiny object syndrome. And the sad, unfortunate thing is people think they can just sip that, you know, little bit of Kool-Aid and oh my God, they're going to be a millionaire tomorrow. It's just, it's yeah. sad. It's really yeah. sad. I think this is how I'm honestly feeling lately is there's so many opportunities and so many, um, that people there's been so many opportunities that people have taken that were not the thing that could really truly have given them a sustainable business that that they love. And I don't mean just, we talked about this. I don't mean just like, I'm going to go get me some clients or two. Like that's not a business, but I mean something that they can be proud of for years. Yeah. So what does that look like? Right. I love the word sustainability because I think that is to me and you, that is one of the sexiest words around yet. It is not really used that much. I love timeless business principles, just like you, because they can be applied to any industry, anybody. So in your own words, like, like what, what makes a sustainable business that can stand the test of time? Like you and I earlier were talking about, and I love this conversation. We were talking about like, what is the difference between somebody who kind of is just like, thinks they have a business, but they really have no idea what it means to develop and build an entire business from the ground up that has team members, departments, systems, processes, 
finances, you know, all your numbers, you know, all your metrics, like that's real business. So in your own words, like, what is it, what does a business look like? Or what does it take to build a real business that is sustainable, whether you want to keep it forever or sell it? Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, what's, what, there's a couple of things, right? So that's a big question. So there's a couple of things, right? One is, um, what's the deliverable, right? What is, what is the offer? What is the goods? What is the deliverable, right? And is that deliverable something that is going to withstand the test of time? So there are businesses that they can create a business and it's, it may not be sustainable because that thing, like there ain't no typewriters anymore. Like, so there's that piece of the puzzle, right? There's one, there is that piece of the puzzle. And how can you be somewhat adaptive to the changing client uh, climate of your um, prospective client? So there mm-hmm. is that piece of it. But as far as, so, but if, right, if you have built uh, something that is, uh, has the ability to shift and to read what's happening, that will give you that sustainability. Mm-hmm. And so it's being able to really like position yourself differently, not trying to position yourself or be copying things. Um, it's making sure, of course, you better have some systems and people are like, I don't like systems. Like you don't have a fucking business. If you don't like systems, I don't even exactly. understand this as a concept, right? I like, I, I don't even understand that. Like, why would you not? I, I like to say systems are, sex, are sexy. I have six um, systems that I talk about in my, in my business. Every single business that I know that is sustainable and successful and profitable, which we really should talk about. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Profitable. They have systems in place. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have systems in place, I believe you really don't have a business because then you can't walk away. Then there's no, then there's nothing tangible. Granted, it may be a system that's designed on some software. I kind of tease with my clients. It's kind of like, you know, an old white binder back in the day that used to sit on a shelf. Like, I'm not sure how to do that, Joe. Okay, Bob, it's right over there on the shelf. You pull out the binder. You don't got a bunch of binders, so to speak. You, you don't have a business because then you're just winging it and no one has ever gotten wealthy, just freaking winging it. No, you know what else? Like you and I are both business coaches slash business consultants and we're mentoring business builders. Right. You also cannot really consult or coach a business owner if they don't have systems in place. Like, what are you, what are we actually going to do? We're just like running around in circles and you're like, you're chasing me and I'm chasing you. And we're just chasing each other in circles and like a merry-go-round. That's what it ends up. It's like child's play. It's ridiculous. So what happens is, and here's the truth. Not everybody knows, like even clients that I have that have very high revenue businesses, Mm -hmm. they need to adjust some of their systems. Why is that? Because many of them are like, they started at ground zero. And now they have, you know, multiple seven or eight figure businesses. So while they have some systems, some of those need to be tweaked. I'm like, wait a minute, you don't have this process in place. You don't, you know, this, this employee actually wasn't trained effectively because you don't have that as part of your system. And Mm -hmm. and the truth is sometimes you can grow and you don't even know what you don't even know. That's why we have businesses because we can see in, right. Mm -hmm. We can see Mm -hmm. in, but yeah, it's back to. God, like I can't consult you. I can't advise you if I have no data. 
no information, no metrics, no numbers. Yep. There's then, then really what it is, is I'm just telling you what to do and I'm just teaching you. And now I'm just like, go buy my self-study program. Exactly. Because I have no desire. And here's the truth. I've made a ton of money. Like I made a ton of money working with people from just very beginning, but that's not fun for me because my zone of genius is give me all your crazy systems, even if they don't look right. Let me interview your entire population, uh, you know, staff, like, let me put together an audit. I love a good survey. Let me pull this out. Now I've got things to work with. Now you can actually um, track what's happening. You can see the growth. And when you have that, when you, when I do this with clients, then it's so much fun. And, and then there's no, you know, feeling bad about myself or any of that because that's what I'm here for. Right. That's the fun. And then we have something to track. Then we can put things into place. Then people can take ownership. This is another thing, right? With, with a sustainable business, my job, what I want from my clients is that they can be removed Mm -hmm. so that they're not always, you know, the, the, I call it the finder, minder, and grinder, right? Mm-hmm. Find the clients, mind the store, grind that shit out. Yeah. But they can take a vacation, they can go away. So part of having systems in place and processes in place is so you know, I love when my clients are like, I thought about it today. I decided I'm not doing that anymore. I'm like, yay. So I've got formulas and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's the fun. I mean, to me, I want women to be profitable prosperous, but also have time to do something else. If yeah. Too. Yeah. Amen. So Amen. All of that. All yeah. Of that. Yeah. And, and look, the listener that we're talking to here is, is also a, a, a entrepreneur who does not yeah, want yeah. to be categorized with the masses, right? right? They want to move away from mediocre. They want to move away from the masses. And look, when all of us get started, sometimes even for the first few years, Right. You're kind of down there at the bottom of the bucket with all the yeah. other crabs trying to like climb their way out and everything right. just sort of comes across as sameness, but yes. there are people who no longer want to be there. I think it's Ed Milet who calls it separation season. Yeah. And he talks about separation season a lot. I love that. In fact, the month of October, according to him is one of those separation seasons, but you use the word mediocre earlier. I wrote it down. And I jotted down, like, how does someone who's listening to this, who feels like they're just sort of like caught up in like the masses of everybody else saying the same thing, doing the same thing, da, 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 but they see themselves in a league of, I call it in a league of their own. How do we move from mediocre? How do we separate ourselves from everybody else who's playing a mediocre game Yeah. Um, and get into a league of our own? Yeah. I I love this question. So I have a saying, like you have zero competition when you own who you are. And what happens is, is there's brilliant marketing out there and there's brilliant marketing out there telling you, you should do it this way. And so you're like, holy shit, that's brilliant marketing. Even though you don't necessarily use that as you don't think that, but you're like, that looks really good. I think I'm going to do that. And so it's, it's a very natural a lot of times when you're starting out and you're new and you don't really know that you, you see something that is perceived as successful and you want to emulate that, right? There's copycats, but sometimes we just almost unconsciously emulate that. And the, the, the magic moment, and I know you get this, the magic moment comes when you're done with that, 
when you have made, this is the mediocre piece, right? Back to the mission. My mission is to be the best me. My, I'm, my responsibility is to show up fully as Mary Bicknell and all my like craziness and all my like badassery and all my like all the things. That's like my responsibility to like the universe, right? Like I'm, I'm the only one just like you that has ever existed or ever will. So the, the mediocre person or the mediocrity or the average or the common is, is that they're not allowing, they have fear about stepping into who they really are. The magic moment is when you're like, you're your real effing self and your business blows up. Mm-hmm. And people are like, when this happens with clients, when they're like, I'm really just myself and it's, oh my God, or I'm really just myself and my staff is really responding. Yes, because like from a psychological perspective, we can sense it, we can smell it. There's micro expressions, there's inflection in your voice. There's all these cues that you don't even realize that you are giving off. Unless you do like what we do, right? We're pretty good at, at knowing how to regulate ourselves and, and show mm-hmm. up. Most people aren't. So when you're your real you, there's something about it that connects with people. Mm-hmm. And you, when, when that magic moment happens, mediocre is gone. Yeah. But it's being willing to do that. It's being willing to step into being a leader in your own life. It's being willing to say, I, I am scared, but I'm willing... And I'm choosing to be bold enough, brave enough to go for it. Because Mm -hmm. here's the truth. Back to laying on our deathbed, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things, like I said, that terrifies me is is letting myself down. And and I believe strongly the biggest letdown of life is you realize you've never, I could just like, it really tricks me out because this is like truly, like I said, my mission, right? For women too. This is my push for my clients is like, I don't want them and I don't want me and I don't want my daughter and I don't want you. I don't want us to miss out on knowing who we are. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's so, I live for that moment, whether I'm on stages or I'm, or a client flies into Oregon to work with me or whatever, that moment when she sees herself, maybe for the very first time, or she's willing to, and, and she sheds it all. Like, oh, I have chills. Like that is a gift. I, I feel honored. I'm allowed to be a part of that as I know you are too. And that's the kind of woman we want to work with. Yeah. We want to work with that woman who's ready for that experience. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Resonate. It does. Oh it God. does. That's what it takes. Yes. You know, oh. that's really what it takes. That's what it takes. So let's wrap it up here, Mary. This has been, yeah. I mean, you and I could talk for hours about this. Well, we're going to have to have like a part two. <laughs> okay. No problem. We'll have to have a part two. Um, let's end on this. What does it take? What does it, what does it take for the woman entrepreneur to be the badass leader, to lead a life uncommon? You have that trademarked. Um, it's getting registered right now. It's just fake as a matter of fact. Yes. Please. Yeah. Um, to build a sustainable business and a sustainable life. Like what does that take? It takes putting blinders on. I call them blind spots. It's like shining a blind, like a light on your blind spot. The biggest blind spot that women have is fear of judgment. 
and it, you have to be the point, get to the point. And this is what I, this is like the tagline, right? So Leader Life Uncommon, it's like really like be bold enough to write your own rules and fuck the naysayers, even if they're in your own head, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you've got all that stuff going on in your own head. And then your mom and your sister and Sally Joe is like, I don't know. Okay. You have to, it, your husband, your kid, your girlfriend, your sister, you have to decide what's your personal mission and be willing to go for it, even when no one else understands you. And girl, I know all of you listening, it is not easy. I get it, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it, but you have to be willing to go it alone. You have to be willing to climb that ass, that big ass mountain to get to the top and realize, holy shit, there's all these other mountains that I, the the other mountain, you have to be willing. And, but I promise it's like being a parent. You don't know until that baby's crying. Like, no, this is what it's like to be a parent. This is what it's like to, and for those of you who are not parents, this is what it's like to get a puppy. You don't know until you have that experience. Mm -hmm. And so we, Megan and I, we're trying to implore to you that it's worth going for it that yeah, way. It is totally worth it. So I imagine that people are super excited to find you, follow you. I would love for you to give a shout out to your podcast. Uh, I know you have a free resource. It's in the show notes below. Let people know how they can find you. Yeah. So right now, while you're listening, as soon as we're done, pop right over to lead a life Uncommon. Every Monday, I give you a little biz bite, 10 minutes to get you started with the day. And then every Wednesday, it's all things like mindset, crush your psychological limitations, all the things. So pop over there. And, um, and then I have a couple gifts that help you with your brain. It's um, marybicknell.com slash gifts with an S gifts to gifts for you. So go check that out. That'll get you awesome. started. Awesome. And that is below in the show notes. Mary, thank you so much for the way you show up in, in your full self, in your zone of genius and completely, totally honest, uh, totally real and just tell it like it is. I love that about you. I think we need so much more of that in our world right now. And I appreciate you for bringing it. Thank you. Good chatting. Thank you so much for tuning into the built to last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.